Welcome back. This is Richard Sachs. This is Lost Arts Radio, and uh, we have the return of a guest that I've been hoping for for a long time that we've talked about quite a few times in between who visited us about four years ago, and that's Dr. William Bankston. And we're going to get into a review of background and then what he's doing now. But basically, the reason that I wanted to get him back was because he did a series of experiments that I felt should have been, if we had honest media, which I know is a total joke, we don't have anything like that in the mainstream media, but if we had, what he did would have been headlines all over the world for a long time. And there are all kinds of, you know, set jokes that people know about of, oh, if such and such a person what cured cancer or something, this is what everybody would think. And, you know, they said that a lot about Trump. If he cured cancer, the media would still hate him and say, you put all those cancer doctors out of work. And there are all kinds of, if you cured cancer uh, lines, you know, that you're supposed to say. But the pr- the thing is that in many different ways, physical protocols and other ones, cancer has been cured. It's not a, not a secret other than to people that only see the corporate media. And one of the ways that it's been cured is really interesting because it was in animal trials. It's since gone further. And in the particular one I'm thinking of, the animals stayed on the same diet, and in fact, they weren't touched. And it worked 100%. And you would think that would be known everywhere by now, but it's not. So what I want to do with Dr. Bankston, who is the one who did that experiment and demonstration, has done a lot since then with it, is go back to before he got interested in any of this stuff, a little bit of review of background leading up to it, uh, conventional background, university association, stuff like that. And then we'll get into what's happening now. So welcome, Dr. Bankston, and thank you for the time. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So what did you used to do before you were interested in any of this stuff, and where did you end up getting involved in? So where did I go wrong is the question? (laughs) Yeah, you know, when you thought you wanted to be all involved in the academic world and that kind of stuff, what what did you do? I I had a a, a traditional upbringing and traditional university education and uh, all of those kinds of good things. Uh, and the, the actual reason that I got into healing and other associated craziness uh, activities was um, I used to have a, a bad back, a chronic bad back, uh, and I actually had to give up a swimming scholarship uh, in college uh, wow. because after I was a butterflyer, 
And after about 100 meters or so, uh, the back just didn't go, and I was in basically chronic pain. Wow. And I assumed that that was just life. Uh, you know, you're going to have to make accommodations mm-hmm. and all that, and still went on through normal life. But I met a guy. It's the old, I met a guy. Yeah. Uh, I met a guy who uh, claimed he was a psychic. Uh, or claimed he could do psychic things, and I said, uh, I kind of moaned and groaned. Um, uh, but I knew something about research methods, and I knew something about how to design studies. And so I decided to put this guy to a test to make to show that all his psychic craziness was probably some illusion or delusion uh, of some sort. What, what, what about him made you think it was even worth checking out? I met him when I was actually lifeguarding, um, uh, and he was a member of the club that I was lifeguarding at, and I heard there was a psychic around the pool, and I said, well, that's interesting, you know, it's more than your basic, uh, it's not your, your typical answer, uh, and I, I, I said, I'd like to meet him, and, and so I was introduced to him, and we, we sat around for a couple of minutes on one of my breaks, and he told me that he had just discovered that he can uh, do psychometry, which is token object reading. And I said, well, that's wonderful. And I whipped out a wallet, handed it to him, and I said, do me some psychometry, you know, just to, mm-hmm. to start right. out. And he told me yeah. some things while holding my wallet that made no sense whatsoever. Um, and I thought, well, this guy's a loser. And uh, one of the things he said is, for example, he told me a number of things. Uh, he he told me that I had a problem with my car and I needed to take care of it right away. And I said, I really don't have a problem with my car. And you know, all that <laughs> kind of stuff. He told right. me about a conversation. He described two people I could recognize them. He described a conversation they had just had. I said, it's not possible. You know, one thing after the other, I was profoundly unimpressed. Okay. As I was driving home, the bottom fell out of my car. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but there was nothing wrong with it, though, right? But there was nothing wrong with it, but the bottom <laughs> fell out. And I got, and I said to one of the people he described, did you ever have this conversation? And she said, how did you know that? You know, and then, so all of the stuff he told me was true. I just didn't know the right answer. Okay. And I thought, maybe I should pay attention to this. Good answer. So how did you test it? Well, I, I, I gave him many more objects to read. I dragged him down to the American Society for Psychical Research. Uh, I dragged him into the labs of Maimonides Medical Center in Brooklyn, and we did all sorts of tests. I did some double-blind tests of him being able to read the, or, or to come up with a diagnosis of people who were checking into hospitals. I did all sorts of tests. I could not beat this guy. Uh, it's it's that simple, and it, it it sounds absurd. If someone said this to me, I, I would be extremely skeptical. But nonetheless, this guy turned, morphed, if you will, from being a, a token object reader, a psychometrist, I guess. Uh, and when he was giving readings, people, if he if the people had physical problems, they were alleging that the physical problems were leaving them as he was doing the reading. Wow! Even he thought this was crazy. And he was already crazy. So uh, I thought he was crazy. He thought he was crazy. Yeah. And then, in other words, he thought he could fig- he could see these things, but it wouldn't have any practical use. Well, he was just doing readings, and he would be picking up s- physical symptoms on his own body of what the person was experiencing. And it turns out, allegedly, the people were saying uh, it was leaving them. 
uh, as he was talking about this, and they okay. were getting fixed. And one day, uh, sitting in a kitchen, um, he's telling me a story similar to this, and I, you know, finally dawned on me. It came by freight. Um, I'm sitting here with back pain. I've been in pain for years. Mm -hmm. Why don't you ask him for help? And so just at that moment, he said, ow, somebody has a back problem. And I said, I didn't say anything. And he goes running around trying to figure out who might have a back problem. And I said, me? He said, keep your pain to yourself. I said, I got a better idea. Fix it. And I leaned over a kitchen table. He put his hands on my back. Last back pain I ever had. Wow. So I had two choices. One, pretend this didn't happen. Yeah. Pretend it was a psychosomatic problem in the back anyway. Pretend it was going to go away anyway. Try to make the, you know, the phenomenon go away or... That's the most common approach, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not that bright. So I took the second path. And the second path is, let's see what if there's anything behind this stuff. Yeah. Okay, so... What did you do? I watched him put his I was the first person he ever put his hands on to actually deliberately try to heal. Uh, okay. I said, give me your hands and let me try it on somebody else. Let me, so I'm dragging around the poor guy's hands, putting yeah. them on people. <clears throat> and we watched, um, watched their responses. So this was simply anecdotal, anecdotal clinical applications at first, uh, a few hundred people. And we started to see a couple of patterns, some things he was particularly good at, some things he wasn't so good at. And one of the things he was particularly not good at was benign growth. Uh, so even, you know, kind of almost irrelevant benign growth, no matter what he did, uh, no effect. Okay. But malignancies, he was very, very, very good. How uh, fast did they get better? Some fast, some slow. There was an enormous amount of variation. Okay. And that has continued to this day. So there's no way for me to predict speed of a cure or speed of a failure. Um, uh, th- th- these are things, still things that I need to, to spend quite a bit of time working on. Did he have any idea what he was doing? No. Um, after a while, he kind of... Uh, he got wrapped up in himself a little bit and, and kind of got puffed up. Uh, but I don't think in any meaningful way he, he understood what he was doing. Uh, so we just watched hundreds of people go through this process and started to have crowds come to him. And he would put his hands on people or a person and put his hands on someone else and someone else and someone else and, and, and like that. Um, after the first couple hundred healings are interesting, but after a while, I don't. Uh, there was nothing I could do with them. Uh, there, right. there was nothing that was. I wasn't learning anything, other than something is going on here that's reasonably significant, and so I decided that we needed to do this not under haphazard conditions, but rather do it under controlled conditions. Just out of curiosity, over the years after that, did he develop it into anything significant, or? Do you know? Uh, I don't really know. He and I stayed together for a couple of more years. But when I went into the lab and started to do the lab work, I was doing it initially to around him, meaning using him as the mm-hmm. subject. 
right. and looking for seriously controlled conditions with mice and cell cultures and all that. Um, and uh, he didn't want any part of that. He did it first, oh. and then he didn't after that. And he and I then went our separate ways. And we went our separate ways, uh, not in the in, under the best of circumstances. Okay, okay. Interesting. All right, so your main piece of lab equipment was gone. Yeah. And that must have been a challenge to figure out how to keep going at that point. It was. Uh, and uh, w- one day, actually, at his place, I ran into a guy who was the, uh, at the time the head of the geology department, of all things, at uh, City University of New York. Uh, and he and I uh, bonded pretty, pretty quickly and, and essentially forever. Um, uh, we, we sat there and we were commiserating about the, that this is an interesting phenomenon, but we're never going to get anywhere watching people get fixed. Uh, we're not learning anything other than people are getting fixed. Um, uh, the, the responses of people were also extraordinarily interesting and unexpected, at least to me. Uh, I didn't understand this world at all. You know, so I'm going in there naive um, and, and I'm watching it. I, I had assumed that people would want to get fixed if they had a problem. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that's reasonably naive. Mm-hmm. Um, the most common response to being healed is anger. Right. Uh, people were, I didn't see this coming, but people were having their identity taken away. You know, they're, particularly people with long-term chronic illnesses. Yeah. Um, let, let's say, use myself with a bad back. I wasn't that debilitated, but uh, if I had to go through life and, and my sense of self was, Here's a person with a back problem. You know, this is who I am, and, and I need uh, assistance, and I need all those kinds of things. Uh-huh. Uh, if this guy came and fixed me, it sounds pretty obvious, or it did to me at the time. Well, that's a good thing. But if it's taking away the person's identity, yeah, uh, there can be uh, emotional responses that aren't good. Yeah, that must have been a surprise. So you did, you eventually figured out what was going on with that, I guess. Well, I don't know that I completely figured it out. I knew that I was getting tired of watching people get fixed. Uh, that I, because from a purely selfish point of view, I wasn't learning much. Uh, they, they were getting fixed and getting angry, or starting to get fixed and they'd run away, and or forgetting that they ever needed to be fixed. And people are screwy. Um, yeah. And uh, 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 this guy, Dave Crinsley, and I bonded the head of the geology department, at City University, and we said, "Let's mm-hmm. let's do some really seriously." seriously airtight studies that nobody can give me a counter to. Right. Before you get into that, just one more question. Uh, the people that got fixed, did it last, or do you know? I don't know. Probably I don't know past 25 years for, for the old, but, but at, least, at least 25 years of anybody I know. Uh, but whether it eventually came back or anything like that, you know, we've long since lost touch. Yeah, but, but you notice pretty long-term stability in the improvement, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think uh, in, in, in particular for something like cancer, I don't know of a single instance of it ever coming back. Okay, all right, great. So you were going to set up experiments, but the center person that it was all going to be based around was gone. So how did you figure out? Well, he wasn't gone yet. Uh, so Dave and I sat around. Oh, and said, Let, oh. Let's see what we can do. And uh, Dave was kind of a big deal in uh, academia. 
and you know, if I went through some of his accomplishments, they're they're reasonably impressive. And he used to be the acting provost, and I think he was the acting president of City University in New York. Um, and so a lot of people, you know, he's connected, and a lot of people owed him this favor or that favor. And he said, let me call in all the chips. This is worth looking into. And yeah. so he went to the head of the biology department, and um, he said, we need an airtight case that, you know, doesn't have any ambiguity to it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and shortening the story, uh, they the bio, some biologists at City University were, had been working for 20 years on a particular mammary cancer in mice. And this okay. mammary cancer in the field of oncology is extremely well studied. There, there are more than 2,000 published papers on these mice. So uh, this is what they call breast cancer in humans, right? Yeah. Even though mice don't look the same, they have mammary glands which produce the milk. Oh, sure. And, that, and that's yeah. where you get the same cancer, right? And so the short version is, in experimental biology, what you do is you take a mouse, you match it to a particular kind of condition, in this case cancer, or mammary cancer, you inject it with a certain number of cells, and then you watch what happens. And what happens is, 100% of the time, all of the mice that had been injected, this mammary cancer, all of the mice that had been injected with this mammary cancer were dead within 27 days. Okay. And, you, and you knew the steps of progression that they went through were all basically and the same. If, if I were showing you pictures, the, the, the non-metastatic cancer, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and then it basically takes over the mouse. Now, uh, in, in humans, it tends to be metastatic, though, right, in the late stages? Yeah, some types. Okay. Some, and some types, but not all. Not this one? Not this one. Okay. All right. So, uh, um, and, and we had treated a whole bunch of people with metastatic breast cancer before we got to mice. Okay. But, but in this particular mouse model, uh, the, the, the tumor stays external, and you can measure it, and everybody loves this mouse. And, and so what we said, if you can, since it's so well understood, and it's been mathematically modeled, what happens if you put healing into the equation? I mean, that's really the question. That's it. And I was thinking he would do it. You know, because I'm not a healer, for crying out loud. Sure. Uh, so he would do it. Uh, and then a lot of time to get this thing together, finally get it together. Mice come in, and this is where this guy and I went our separate ways. He said, I'm not going to do it. And I said, you know, we just spent six months setting this up <laughs> <laughs> at a not inconsiderable cost. Uh, Did he mention anything about the reason that he wasn't going to do it? I don't want to go down that road. I think he was going a little squirrely. Okay, that's fine. So I I would call whatever he had to say at that point unacceptable to my ears. Sure. Um, And and so we were stuck with mice and and the healer who disappeared. Um, Right. And and so I, I had spent a lot of time around him. I had participated in some healings just as kind of a second fiddle kind of a thing and i and and i was talked into well you've got to do it now you know here's a mice we have no plan b that's right yeah and i thought me you know give me a break so the short version is i got some cancerous mice i put my hands around the cage uh and we watched and the tumors grew i assumed and I'm almost I'm wrong about almost everything. I assumed that if I got to them early enough after injection, we could prevent the tumors from growing. You think of it like, you know, you're zapping them, uh, you know, 
and it, it, it's akin to radiation. Were you uh, trying to mimic what you understood that he was doing, basically? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. And uh, so I thought, well, if it works, then we'll keep the cancer from ever progressing. And I had in my head a mental map of how this would happen. None of it worked. <laughs> None of it. Okay. Let me ask you one question about that phase. Yeah. When you when you were at the beginning stages and you were he was gone, so you were officially the healer by promotion. Yep. And w- within the company, you know, you took that yep. position. And um, what were you doing that failed? I mean, it wasn't how you held your hands. So I assume it was a state of mind or attention or emotion or. Well, I'm, I'm not following what you what you mean by I failed. Okay, you said it. You said it didn't work in the beginning. Oh, no, I said I'm wrong about everything. Oh, okay. Did it yeah. did it work? What you first did trying to well, mimic him. In my head, it wasn't working because I thought that the tumor shouldn't grow at all. And okay. it turns out the tumor grew, and I tried to call off the experiment. Okay. And so I said, look, it's not working. Here comes the tumor. The tumor's getting bigger every day. Uh, it's right. not working. It's not working. It's not working. And my heartless ge- geological friend, who thinks of mice as rocks, uh, said, right. said, keep going a couple more days. And I said, but it's not working. I'm showing you the place of belief here. I didn't believe it. It, yeah. it, it, it didn't, it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. And then, then the tumor actually started to ulcerate. And I was really freaking out because I don't believe this stuff. And yeah. uh, I'm saying, it's not working, folks. We need to call this off. Do it a couple more days. And then the tumor suddenly imploded and the mice were cured for their lifespan. Okay, so I think it's pretty significant. This was your initial yeah. efforts at this thing. Yeah. What what were you trying to do in in the you know the protocol? It wasn't hand placement. It was an internal protocol that you were trying to follow to mimic him. What was that? If you were looking at me, it would look like I was sitting, standing, otherwise being around a cage or cages of mice with my hands on the outside. Right. Uh, that's what it would look like. Internally, I was doing a process or a method called cycling. Uh, rapid image cycling, I call it now. Um, and in the rapid image cycling, I'm going through a protocol that would take more than this show to explain. It takes, you know, I got hours and hours of explanation. But right. I'm not hiding. I have everything published. Everything is free to anybody. <laughs> it's out okay. there, and you can you can look it up. But it's a rapid image cycling is what we're the bottom line. And I'm going from a selfish series of images of something that I want, mm-hmm. imaged as if it's already done, and going from image disconnected to image disconnected to image disconnected to image at an extreme rapid rate. And and this is what you picked up from the psychic originally that he was doing before that? The two of us kicking around what in heaven's name is going on really came up with this as a team. Okay, that, that he agreed that this must be what I'm doing, basically. He said way. this is the way to replicate what he's doing. Okay, good. And so I, I know we don't have anywhere near enough time to really do this in detail, so I'm going to try to ask specific strategic questions that'll kind of put in a few dots and then if people want to get the cds or or go to other places to get the rest of it they can fill in the picture yeah again it's not it's not a secret but go ahead yeah okay so the first thing coming from no one no 
familiarity with this whole idea is that you said image to image to image in your mind. Okay. And you mentioned the word disconnected. So um, the images are disconnected. They don't tell a story. That's what I mean. Just separate standalone images in a sequence, basically. Right. Yep. And, and so when looking at one of those images, just whatever it is, the qualifications of what, what it would be is something that you want in your life. Yes. Or, or could it be something you want for somebody else, or is it always Not without for, permission? That's an ethical boundary. Yeah, okay, that's important. That's an so, ethical boundary. Right. Okay, so taking a really simple example that doesn't take time to explain, let's say you want a new car. Fine. Yep. The reason doesn't matter. You just know you want a new car. Yep. And so the image, it's not like there. What I'm trying to get at here is it's not like a magazine picture of a new car. It's an emotional oh, yeah. component of that picture. Perfect. Right? Otherwise, the picture doesn't work for this. Uh, probably if, not. But if, yes. If you so feel nothing about it. There's, there's a great deal of detail and emotion that goes into the image. So I want... I don't. I, I'm not good with cars. I, I'll call it a, a red Tesla. I don't know what I just said, but I, that's I want fine, a red that's Tesla. Fine. So I'm driving the red Tesla down the highway. You know, just big smile on my face, having a ball. Okay. So rather than just pictures, these are scenes. Yes. Almost right. But, and, but the the images go so rapidly that you can't really focus on anything. Right, but if you were looking at what, you know, like a freeze frame of a reel-to-reel movie, just to understand what each still picture looks like, as you run them past your eye and they blur into motion, each one is like a standalone scene of you having already gotten something you want and what it feels like. Is that accurate? Yes, but the, 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 where we diverge on the film... Uh, uh, comparison is that the film tells the story from beginning, middle, to end. And my first image oh, is see. the red uh-huh. Tesla. My second image is uh, hiking in the woods. My third image is, and so it doesn't tell any coherent okay. story, and the pictures are, for all practical purposes, random. Right, and so when, when they're all disconnected and, and not related in the spool of the movie, instead of looking like a coherent moving picture, when you look at them in rapid succession, they blur into a fog, Chaos. basically. Chaos, yep. Okay, okay. Now, I've since studied, because uh, uh, I, I try to go into what's the physiology, what goes on to the healer, what goes on with the healy, and all of those things, so right. I have... Uh, uh, I've done EEG studies, what happens when you do this image cycling. I have functional MRI studies uh, done at multiple medical schools. Um, uh, so I've looked into taken a deep dive into some of this stuff. Uh, but, but your description of the emotional component to a picture is accurate. Okay, yeah, the, if boiling it down to the, the basic component, it seems like it's the scene that you can relate to and you feel something about and you're feeling that it's real and that it's already happened. And I'd like to make one more distinction. It's not fantasizing. It's not daydreaming. So, for example, the entire time that we've been talking, I'm doing that technique. All right. What's the difference between that and daydreaming then? Daydreaming is I'm driving down in my red Tesla and I'm 
thinking about all the happy times that I'm, I'm relating to an emotion that a boy wouldn't this be fun and all those kinds of things in this I'm got much faster than that okay so uh, speed is a big difference speed matters and how many of those separate pictures do you need to make a cycle work well we don't know we shoot to begin with 20 okay uh, but I, I, that's not a magical number uh I mean, people have started with far fewer. People have ended up with far more. Uh, the record, I think, is 94 different images. So it needs more investigation, basically, to see what the limits might be. If, I don't if know. The, yeah, I, I don't know if there's if you do it with four. I, I, my, my suspicion is, uh, and I'm probably wrong, but my suspicion is that uh, what really matters is that you don't daydream, you don't dwell on, you don't focus. It's got to not be in the front of your calculating mind. Absolutely not. It's in the back somewhere. And you start calculating, and then it becomes second nature. Just as when you learn any new skill, you pay attention at first. You're focused, you're practicing, you're doing all those things. And then eventually, if you get good at something, it becomes mindless. Okay, so you're moving it from one department of your mind to another. Probably. And And when it gets to the other... It starts having an effect. It starts having an effect. And when you said the words healer and healy, then we get into the permission issue. So how does that work? Well, the mice, honestly, didn't give permission. Uh, but let, let, let me tell you a quick anecdote. Uh, one particular medical school, I, in order to test the how important was cycling really, or am I deluding myself, Right. We did an experiment with cycling, and we did an experiment without cycling. And when we took the cycling out, the mice died. Yeah, but cycling was the whole thing you were doing. So how could you do it with taking it out? Uh, we had someone sitting there with their hands around a cage. Oh yeah. Okay. And you just everything was the same in the same place in the same lab, and everything was identical except the person was not cycling. Yeah, the physical stuff was the same. Yep. And what you did is confirm that the physical is all practically irrelevant. Probably, yeah. Probably. Which means if it's really irrelevant, you could get results at a distance. Oh, we yeah. And we've done this at 2,000 miles and replicated okay. it. So, so it really is irrelevant. It really and is. It, it comes down to where's your attention, I suppose. And the last thing you want is your attention focused on the Healy. Okay, okay. You don't want that. So your attention is just not, the the critical part, if I'm understanding you, is where your attention is not, because you're not putting your attention on the cycling when it's working. You're letting go and let it take, take its course. If I'm okay. riding a bike, I'm not thinking about riding a bike. Right, but when you're learning to ride the bike, you need some attention on that. I pay attention, I'm mindful, and then eventually, if I master the bike, I become mindless, and then I do other things while I'm riding the bike. And then it, then riding the bike works after that. You're better at a bike riding when you don't pay attention. So one of the big issues is if you can picture yourself in a scene or a scene happening, or in the case where there's a Healy... You picture something about the Healy being healed, like the mice, I guess. I wouldn't. No? Up to well, the Healy, if they want to do it, uh, it, it would be very useful. It turns out to be very useful uh, for the Healy to also cycle. 
and let them fix themselves, or at the very least, let them put in some effort and help you fix them. But then ideally, they don't need you at all, right? Oh, yeah, of course. The, the goal would be always to be irrelevant. So what, one of the things to do with this system is to teach it to people to heal themselves. Yes. But when I talked to you before, you said you don't have such good results trying to do it on yourself, right? Cycling for yourself is doing all, you're getting your red Tesla, you're getting your physical stuff fixed, you're getting, you're getting, you're getting, all of that stuff is going on. When you talked to me before and I said healing is, is, is very difficult to do on yourself, if I have, I'm putting my hands on a particular spot on my body and it's hard to detach. And so you, you because then you have a tendency, you take yourself quite personally, <laughs> and you, yeah. you have a tendency to think about you or focus on you or wish for you or want for you. It's hard to just let nature take its course. And healing is letting nature take its course. But it would be really useful to be able to do it on yourself, right? That's what you're teaching the other people. I, yeah, and I teach folks how to do it and also how to do it by, on themselves. And it turns out, even if you're, it's hard to put your hands on yourself and pr- produce, uh, get a robust response, it is possible to put your healing intention into stuff. And stuff can be physical objects. The stuff can be organic. The stuff can be inorganic. The stuff can be a mouse. Um, and the, 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 to, to treat, for example, a piece of cotton and then put the cotton on yourself works wonderfully. You know, the question that comes up right away with that, since you know that you can have a healing effect on somebody else at a distance, and since at a distance you don't have to put your hands because your arms aren't that long <laughs> to reach 2,000, for most people, 2,000 miles. Yeah. So that means putting your hand on yourself wasn't necessary anyway. And if you could get into the mentality healing yourself as if yourself... This is just an idea to bypass the cotton, okay? Yeah, yeah. It's like if you could get the mindset of treating yourself just like you do another person at a distance with no hands and no conscious focus on it, I'm just wondering if that could work directly. I suspect it would. I'm just saying it's hard to do. It's easier to treat a piece of cotton and put the cotton on yourself than it is to really detached that much and 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 you know yeah. you might be exactly under money you might be partially under money i you know the, there's a lot of room here for trying to figure stuff out yeah it's so subtle i mean a lot of it is is not even appropriate for english language exactly no i i would completely agree completely right. agree it's it's hard and it's hard to put in terms of variables and to take it into the lab and to test it. Exactly. Um, and, and you know, you may be losing something in the translation uh, as you take stuff into the lab. But I, I would say yeah. it's really, really interesting to test your own thoughts and your ideas, and that's where you actually learn to become extremely humble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I think I've I, understood when I test it, it turns out I don't really understand it that much. No, but the nice thing about that is whatever power is really doing the healing, which is pretty clearly not coming from our own ego. Yeah, no. It's that, that power is not incompetent. No. Whatever it's called. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's annoying, but it's not incompetent. Right, but it's also capable of probably any kind of healing. Well, I've, I've seen some interesting things, and I've heard some interesting stories. Uh, 
interesting things and interesting stories are interesting, but they don't necessarily make a pattern. Exactly, exactly. And that, that translates into usability. Yep. So if you start by trying to quantify or at least describe more clearly the process of moving the, the scene that you're choosing to be part of your cycle from forebrain or whatever that is where you put your normal full attention on it to what wherever that is that you consign the cycling to that you don't have to worry about it anymore. If the more you could get clear on the process of moving it from those two parts of your mind between one to the other, I mean, that would be really useful, wouldn't it? That's my working hypothesis. And so when I give a workshop and teach people how to do this or, or uh, you know, have some publications on, on how to do it, it, it is always, yes, that's essentially what you just said. What are the gimmicks? What are the ways to do it? And I suspect all techniques are gimmicks trying to do exactly what you just said. Uh, and I don't say gimmick like it's a bad thing or it's, you know, you're, it's, right. it's, it's devious. It's just that you're trying to get out of the way. Uh, and so I think cycling is probably <laughs> an extremely effective uh, technique for getting out of the way. But it's not the be-all and end-all. It's not sacred. It's nothing like that. Right. But whatever makes it work is really potentially valuable right it's potentially valuable and my question is always okay now that it works how do i make it better yeah and what are the applications that might not have been thought of yet yeah yeah exactly you know like for example instead of only healing a person or an animal or something like that could you heal a situation i suspect so and you talked about permission so I, I'm assuming that if the per, if the person gives you permission, you you're free to do it. Oh if, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I have just as my ethical guideline, without exception, uh, you have no right to interfere in someone else's life. Yeah, and yeah. and so it's obvious to you they you know what our, our greatest superpower that we possess as a species is knowing what's best for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, there might be some errors in judgment in that. But, but that's yeah, that, we're sure. I mean, the, anybody listening already knows that they can look at anybody and know how to make their life better. Well, especially this gets much more pronounced if you're in an official position of authority as well. Yeah, well, yeah, but either way, and you really whether, you're, whether you're in authority or not in authority, everybody knows how to make everybody else's life better. You know, yeah. I say. Right. Go go go! Make a better your own way, but don't include them in this system. Right, but interestingly enough, if you make things better in your own life without permission, you're making it better for many other people too. Yeah, but at least affecting the world, you know, but, uh, deliberately <laughs> against their will, against their will. Right, right. <laughs> so, if somebody, I mean, this would there's so much room for research and experimentation. I mean, you need a thousand lifetimes to really do it thoroughly. Yeah. Um, but what I'm thinking is, you know, if somebody is in a really contentious situation, is in a big fight and it's getting dangerous and you want to make that better, bring it into harmony, just like physical healing, and you have their permission, I wonder what would happen if you're able to actually cycle with that. Probably good things. And, and when when somebody comes to 
you or anyone using the system and says, please help me with this problem. Do you put the scene, some scene connected to their issue into your cycle? You can. You can. And there are, there are uh, what we just call practice groups all over the world doing yeah. this. Uh, and they meet together regularly and they help each other. And so you, you go and you, you sign on and, you know, in, now in the age of Zoom, you sign on or you used to meet live and you do this and that. But there could be, say, 25 people or more uh, hanging out together and they, they take and they say, would you put this on your list for me? Would you cycle for this for me? Would you? And they're explicitly asking and the group, the groups become really bonded and they're helping each other and doing all sorts okay. of things. It's kind of fun. So for each person in a group of 25 that's doing that, if they have time to pay attention to each person and what they want help with, that would create 25 new scenes in their cycle, right? Yeah, and they don't need to be the same thing because the scene itself doesn't matter. I'm I'm, I'm driving down the street in a red Tesla, so what? You you could have a, a vision of me in a red Tesla parked in a parking lot. It doesn't make any difference. Right, but something about that situation being all resolved and healed and harmonized and yeah, ideal. Ideal in the sense of this is what I want, and I'm asking other people for help. Permission is given. Okay, and and you absolutely no micromanagement about how it's supposed to happen. No. Never get involved with when. Never get involved with how. Okay, good. You're simply going to the what. And so everything on the list is a what, and, and, and you either have it or you don't. So I, I, I got my red Tesla. I didn't get my red Tesla. It's testable. Right, and it's some scene with the red Tesla that to you means clearly you got it. Yes. Whatever that scene might be. When I get it, I take it off my list. Okay, 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 okay. Nothing on the list actually exists now. Right. And so when you first started this, what scene did you choose for the mice? Uh, toasting in my living room, a successful experiment. Okay. Had nothing mice- to do with cancer. It had nothing to do with mice. Yeah, the mice weren't in the scene. No, I don't care about the mice. I, I wanted a successful experiment. So it's not the picture of the scene that matters. It's how you feel about the picture, right? It's the place that would be recognizable that I'm eventually going to get to. And the significance of that has an emotional connection to the successful resolution of whatever the problem is, right? I believe so. Okay. And at the time when you did it with the mice, did you have a whole bunch of other scenes that were about other stuff? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, cycling is about stuff. So cycling is about circumstances. Cycling is about situations. Cycling is about, it, as long as you can concretize it, recognize it, uh, mm-hmm. it can be something trivial. Uh, I want a pen. I mean, that's stupid, but I want a pen. Well, sure. do I have a pen or don't I have a pen? I want to a red Tesla. Do I have it or don't I have it? I want mice to be cured. Do I have it or don't I have it? Uh, you know, some people would call this. And empirically observable. Some people would call this manifesting. Yeah, I don't know. That's past my pay grade. If it is, it is. I don't know. Well, yeah, except you're doing it. But I'm doing uh, it, but yeah. Everybody's doing it in mostly negative ways all the time. And what occurs to me is even though everyone would ask, you know, how can we start this cycling process? 
I'm pretty cl- sure everyone's already doing it. And that's what the things are appearing in their life, not always positive, from the cycling they're doing now. That's a hypothesis. Yeah, don't know. And, don't know. Yeah. So, in a way, the whole thing is, how do you make the cycling conscious enough to replace it with pictures of things you actually want? And then how do you put it back out of consciousness and yeah, keep it, it going? It takes, takes some effort. Take some work. And you're not just, it doesn't, it's not enough to just forget the scenes. No. That doesn't put them out of consciousness nope. into the right place. You never forget anything. So is there anything you can just say as clues that people can then fill in by doing the investigation themselves about the process of putting each of those images from the initial conscious construction and selection into that other department where it cycles? Well, we do it just by practice and increasing the speed so you're going faster than you can. Uh, the, the, when, when you start, let's say you're making up 20 images of, and you've, you've spent some time wallowing in all of the images to have that emotional component. Make sure each one has feeling, basically, right? Behind it, but then red Tesla, it goes flying by. You know, you're not dwelling on it. It's not a daydream. It's not, it's not a fantasy about driving a red Tesla. You know, fantasize on your own time. So whenever you're feeling anything about anything, yeah, that emotional stimulus drives the cycling and the other the things on the list start going faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and as they go faster and faster your conscious mind can't keep up with it anymore okay so you said whenever you're feeling anything about anything positive or negative it drives the cycling emotion drives the cycling can can you say more about that because that's an interesting um I'm looking at something out in the world, and it's ticking me off to no end. Well, that's okay. a, I, I'm feeling a negative emotion. Well, I, I, uh, I am conscious of my negative experience and my negative feeling, and that, that emotional power is now the, 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 the fuel for the cycling, which is all, of course, positive uh, for me. If I'm looking and I'm having some wonderful circumstance, situation, emotion, I'm happy as a clam, uh, that too drives it. It makes no difference what the emotion is. Okay, now I suspect, and this is a question too, that that correlation, using emotion as the power source to run the cycling, that is happening because you intend it to happen. It's not just didn't happen. Happen. It happens by practice. Yeah, but your intention is telling yourself, if I feel anything, yeah, then it's going to drive the cycling. Yeah, I mean it's part of the learning process. So I would say, yeah, we tell we tell each other, and maybe we set that up as a system. Yeah, yeah, because I think the reason it happens is because you told it to happen. Basically, it's entirely possible. Okay, all right, and so once that's clear then the practice part is, do you start with a really small number of images to make it easier, or do you get all the images right from the beginning and just There's move them slow? If, 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 if I'm teaching a workshop and you have only a finite period of time to try to come up with images, yeah. if you only have eight, well, you work with eight, but you, you know that eight is, isn't enough. 
So what's enough, 30, 25, something like that? Well, we're shooting for a goal for 20, but it's not sacred. It doesn't mean 20 and you're done. It means 20. It's interesting. When you ask people, <coughs> you say to them basically, here's Aladdin's lamp. <laughs> right. What do you want? And there's no limit. But shoot for 20 things you want that will be recognizable when you get it. They get all twitchy because they say, oh, I can't want 20 things. But if you actually tell the story of Aladdin's lamp, and you only get three wishes, everybody has the same wish for the third wish, and that is, I wish I had more wishes. Exactly, exactly. And I have no limit. 94 is the record. Yeah, you got around this thing in the story where the genie comes out and says, ha, 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 you didn't think of this. <laughs> you know, yeah, you wanted a new car, but you didn't say it wouldn't run over you or something. Exactly, like that. yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was the little things that mattered. <laughs> okay, so if you're in a situation like in, in your family that a lot of people live in dysfunctional families and everybody's fighting right yeah and you say and you don't know it's illegal or anything and you're not trying to do anything bad to anybody and you say what i want is harmony in our family is that illegal yes okay unless your family wants it they'd have to say it's okay yes interesting so i mean as basic as do, do you would it be horrible if we didn't fight? <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. What is that? Is that saying that wishing for harmony in your family as part of the cycling, that that's illegal? It's illegal without permission. Where did the knowledge of that come from? That it's illegal? Yes. I don't know. I can never remember a time when it wasn't. Well, it, it, but you discovered it at some point. I mean, I, I don't re- ever remember it ever. I, I mean, literally ever that you could put someone else on the list without their permission. Uh, well, how just, did you? I, how did you first become aware of that? It's one of those. Has it, to be, you know. I mean, you don't have the right to screw around with someone else's life. I, I mean, you know, there's exceptions to that. You, you, if you're a parent, you got a little kid. The little kid's sick. You don't ask the kid for permission. Right. You own the, the kid. Okay, the other thing that, and I'm questioning this because, not not to be difficult, but in science, it's one of the principles is you question everything, even yeah. the things that you should never question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially those sometimes. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is, when you talk to, I'm, I'm looking at this principle. Yeah. And the applications of it. And when you talk to somebody, you influence their life without permission. Sure. Hopefully for the better. Hopefully. If if you're a benevolent type individual. Yeah. And that doesn't feel like it's illegal. Right. And so the question is, when you're talking to somebody, yeah, you're physically vibrating the air with the sound of your voice making words, but you're doing more than that. Your intent is going and interacting with them in a way they may have no idea about let alone permission. And I think if you have bad intent towards somebody in any way, that has negative consequences. I think it has negative consequences for you. Yes, absolutely. And maybe for them, depending on whether they accept it. Oh, yeah. Do do I think you could harm? I don't think of any reason. I can't think of any reason you wouldn't be able to deliberately harm. Unfortunately, we see it happening all the time. Yeah. So I don't think this is an exception. And like cycling, 
it works at a distance. Yeah. People can't, you know, people think it's silly, these belief systems and religions about blessing and cursing people. Yeah. But, but they're real. Yeah, and, yeah. And they, you know, stronger people are less affected, but they're they're actually putting out a force that has a positive or negative effect. Yeah. And what, what I'm saying is the negative one not only hurts the person who sends it, but it potentially hurts the recipient as well. I, and that, I, there's an, right. And there's an illegal yep. feeling to that. Like, don't do that. <laughs> yep. It's the basis of the golden rule and all these other things that are based in consciousness. It's so also the basis of a lot of the Jain religion. Yeah, but before the religion, yeah. even if nobody ever read a book, this rule exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so what I'm asking here, yeah. not necessarily that we can get an answer, but that clearly applies to malevolent intent. Don't do it. Don't do but, it. But when you wish for whatever's best for somebody without micromanaging, without saying how it has to happen. Yeah. Whether that's illegal is another question. Yeah, and and I my rule, which I can't remember not having. Yeah. It, by all means, help other people, but with permission. Okay, so anybody that you can't, if if that's universally true, then anyone that you can't reach to get permission, you can't send. Good wishes, even, or benevolent energy. Well, you can do all your good wishes, but if you're playing with my gimmick, and I'm acknowledging it to be a gimmick, okay. don't, use, don't use my gimmick to hurt somebody, and hurt somebody isn't an objective thing. Hurt somebody is getting them against what they want for them. Okay, so if if someone is in... This is just a hypothetical situation. If they're totally depressed by what they see happening in the world and they're suicidal and they want to just kill themselves and that's what they want consciously for themselves, do we look at the potential that subconsciously they really want things to be better? We can't assume that is what you're saying, right? And let them, no. let them do whatever yeah. they no. want to do. If I if I have a piece of cotton, yeah, which will help somebody, and it'll produce healing as a consequence of using the cotton, they have the absolute right not to use the cotton. Sure, I wouldn't feel rejected in any way, shape, or form. Interesting. Okay, so but you have these groups meeting now. And I assume they're open. People can join them. Uh, they have to. The, the only way to join them is to uh, be practicing. Uh, and and so you you've you've taken your own course with the CDs, or you've come to a workshop, or you've done something like that. And then okay. they, they become networks of folks who are uh, helping each other and playing and doing all that. We 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 had here. Uh, recently, we just put out a, a thing and say, let's let's all just for fun, let's all cycle together. So, a couple hundred people signed up right away. We, you know, let's let's all cycle together. We just had a big happy group cycling meeting for an hour. It was just kind of fun and just waving to people and hanging out. Anybody want anything? You know, what can we cycle for? How do we help? Right. Okay, so it's cycling together, but with the open request line. 
Right. Oh yeah. Right. Leave the request line open. Put your right. mugshot up there if you want. You know, you want to be. You want us to try to fix you. And if you want to help, help. If you don't want to help, and, don't help. And don't what care. do you do? You put a little line describing what you want or something. Oh, it depends on the group. In, in, in the group, sometimes they say, "This is exactly what I like. Please help me with this." Okay. Uh, in, in in some of the groups, they put pictures of people who have asked for help. Okay. And, and we don't even need to know what the problem is. You know, they just have the picture up there going. Take what you want, you know? Yeah, yeah, interesting. So what's happening at the moment? I assume all the workshops are online rather than live. Is that right? Work, workshops are online. I'm starting one Saturday. Uh, it's coming out of L.A. But uh, the, 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 the first one we have planned, I think, for live, I actually don't know when it is. It might be April. It's in New Jersey. Uh, and you can look on the website if you're interested in these things. Uh, just you know, go to bankstonresearch.com. But um, uh, yeah, they've been they, we, the, the plug was pulled a year ago. You know, nobody goes anywhere. I was actually in LA a year ago when they shut the state down, and we, we in had California. We had, okay. Yeah, we had a scramble to get back. Uh, yeah, you escaped, uh, fortunately. Huh? Wow. You escaped, but barely. We, escaped. We, we, we we scrambled around and grabbed a seat. It turns out it wasn't hard to get a seat. Nobody was on the plane. <laughs> okay, right, yeah. But we had an entire plane to ourselves. With <laughs> wow. Everything had just shut down. It was last mid-March. And, and, so you're going to do the New Jersey one online if you can't do it live? No, the, the, we don't, we don't uh, make... Um, we don't schedule these things. It's, it's really somebody decides to host it. You know, basically we show up. Uh, we only do four or five of these a year. Okay. Um, and and if somebody wants to do it, then they say, Here, yeah, this is what we'll do, and here's how we're going to do it, and all that stuff. So right. I don't think live is going to happen, you know. Again, live live is live is just better. Yeah, I agree. It's a pain, but it's better, you know. So we, we've we've traveled to all over the place. Uh, we 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 gave we gave big one, for example, in in the Netherlands. Um, but now we can't meet again anymore. You know, there was a, right. a group of physicians who want us to go teach them how to do how to heal, uh, but we can't we can't get there. COVID so, happens. So, do you think that group is going to set it up online and try to do it anyway, or what do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Some people have pulled the plug and just gotten pessimistic. Some people have moved from live to to zoom and some people are just saying yeah we'll do it by april we'll roll the dice and see if something happens right right, you know, right. I, I mean at this point what are you going to do it's it's COVID happens yeah so um all of those updates are on the site i guess bankstonresearch.com right i think so yeah i don't really look at it that much but i i, I think it's uh, they're probably there you can also read a whole bunch of my papers and academic papers and schedules and things like that and, and tons of research going on right now are those papers on the website yeah okay i think there's maybe 30 of them but not all of them but maybe 30 of them a selection of them do you have some video stuff on there too or mostly just i don't know probably i'm, I'm told okay people have told me they've watched me give a talk on this that or the other thing i've never actually seen me give a talk okay i've just okay. never watched one okay not, and not, i'm just not that interested it seems like um, one of the good things for people to do if they're new and want to get into this would be to buy the CDs, right? They might. If they want to learn the technique, the CDs are the way to go. I, I have a, a – it's a 10-year-old book, but, but it's called The Energy Cure. 
uh, and that's just a story of how I ended up here. Uh, but it's 10 years old. It's, you know, pretty out of date. And I, I'm, I've got some pressure to write another one or a follow-up, but I haven't done it yet. Right. But the CDs are the real way to get to be able to learn to the it. technique. Yeah. Yeah. And those are available on the website? I think I, uh, they're available from Sounds True Publishers, or I, you can get them on Amazon. And, and the, the CD set is called... What is it called? Hands-on healing, a training course in the energy cure. It's an actual training course. Uh, so at the end, you know, you should be able to hit the ground running and practice the stuff. Okay. And hands-on healing is just when you're in person with somebody, but you can do it at a distance too. Yeah. Hands-on healing is just the title that the Sounds True came up with. Okay. okay. I didn't like the title, the energy cure. And they said, we don't care what you like. <laughs> <laughs> that's our department, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, thanks for your input. But, yeah. You know, We're going to really consider it very strongly, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, but get away from me. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Neat. Okay, so um, are you doing anything personally with it, with all this as far as the public is concerned other than workshops or if somebody wants to contact either you or anyone who's doing this that it you know is yeah i get i get many 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 requests many requests um i have a a a group of people i don't know it's probably about a dozen now who are have been doing this for a long time they have an enormously successful track record of fixing people my my work is primarily in the lab uh uh, these people are clinicians. You know, they're better at it. They're, you know, the clinical approach to things. Uh, they know the techniques. They've mastered the techniques. I, I suspect they're better than me anyway. Um, you know, the, these are, and a lot of them were healers who came to this because they couldn't do certain things. They weren't affecting okay. it. And so they do it. Now they do this because it, you know, gets them over the hump. Um, so I, I farm out u- the humans. And how do people get in touch with them through you? Is that the way to do it? Yeah, I, I'm not going to out them. They're not on the website. Uh, oh, okay. They, but if you you can contact me on the by, on the website and just say, you know, here's the problem. This is what I need fixed. Who do you have? You know, the, we'll we'll flip you back a contact or two or five or six. Okay. And do they all work in their individual different ways, or is there a protocol? They all do cycling. Uh, that's the thing that changed them. Uh, but we have people in Europe, various parts of Europe. We have people in various parts of the states. Uh, most of the people do things from a distance. Um, so actually, there are some, some uh, clinicians who won't do you live, uh, which is pretty interesting uh, because they don't like the distraction of a body. Uh, you mean they don't want to see you in person? No, they don't want to see you in person at all. Okay. They'll talk to you on the phone. You know, they'll put on headphones and walk around the house and talk to you and treat you, but they don't want you, you know, physically in front of them. Okay, and and they each have different various prices they charge to do this, I assume, right? I think so, yeah. And then and, and some some charge like a lawyer by, you know, 10-minute blocks or 20-minute blocks. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Some do hour things, and it varies all over the place. I, yeah, I, whatever they feel. I don't know exactly what they're charging, but anyone uh, that I've... Uh, recommended before who overcharges i've pulled from the list how do you decide whether it's an overcharge or not 
When someone says, if I even think about you during the day, I'm charging you for the time I'm thinking about you. Oh, oh, oh. You're out. It's like lawyers that sub it out to $10 an hour people and charge $300 an hour for a yeah. while. And if, if, if you're doing that, I'm, I, don't, I don't want you on my team. Right. Uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you won't treat someone unless they have a lot of money, you're not on my team. Yeah, good, good. So it's, yeah, good. you know. Uh, It'd be good to make this available to everybody. Who any, anything that, that we do uh, has to be sliding scale, has to be, you know, you're not gouging. And you, the, the goal here is not maximizing profit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, not money profit anyway. It's maximizing healing profit of just yeah. getting better. But some people go squirrely when they, you know, they, they and actually they're filled yeah. with self-importance that... that Ooh, look at what I can do. Well, yeah, wow, that's worth a few billion right off the bat. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> You're not on my team though. Don't don't use my name. <laughs> right, right. Right. Pretty neat. Trying to think of anything critical that we haven't covered. What what holes did we leave? I don't know. I mean, the thing I'm working on now is how to make healing conventional. What does that mean? That means can I turn it into can I store it, use it like a battery, and then make it widely available and widely produced? Like something you sell in a bottle or something, you mean? Yeah, so I got a bottle of healing, you know, and, and, and here it is, and it will reproduce. And I was just on this, hmm. doing lab tests all over the place right now, and I was just on with somebody from a, one of my labs, and... Um, we're looking for indicators and tests and things like that to really nail this down. But the question is, if if there's an inexhaustible supply of people in pain out there, yeah. anybody listening <laughs> could learn the techniques. But you know, how many people can you treat? And that so depends whether you think you. That depends on how many. Possibly, I should say, that may depend on how many you think you can treat. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that either. Uh, so I, I, I don't know, uh, but it, you know, even if you're working eight hours a day, six days a week, there's a lot of people out there who need help. Yeah, How do I yeah. scale it? That's a massive understatement. Yeah. Have you ever had somebody that asks you for help with a non-physical problem, and so you obviously have their permission? And it gets into a combination of psychological or situational problems. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it doesn't, ha- doesn't have to be a sore shoulder or something like that. No, no, not at all. No, no. Can you comment on, just so people know what we're talking about, what kind of thing that might look like? Well, people talk about situations of relationships, uh, uh, people talk about um, states of mind. I mean, I mean th- this particular technique, uh, I mean, I don't know if we're veering off here a little bit, but uh, I, I don't know, for example, whether someone who's depressed, you can diagnose d- depression as psychological or physical. Could and, be both. And maybe both. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're very good on depression. I mean, very good. Okay. We've taken people I've been out of bed in 20 years. Uh, they respond very quickly. We're very good with, with all, bipolar. We're very good with Alzheimer's. We're very good with a whole bunch of things. 
Um, you talked about relationships. You you would have to have permission involved, in, right? Yes. If you'd work on that, always. Yep, yep. But if works single relationships works on physical things, works on emotional things, works on a lot of stuff. Right, right. But if somebody comes to you and says, my relationship is terrible and the other person won't talk to me, you can't help them, right? Nope, 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 nope. I, I know someone like that uh, where where one of the couple is wants, you know, and, and, the, and the, the other couple, they're living under the same house, for crying out loud, they won't talk to them. It's just right. bizarre. But, you know, if this person is convinced or, or on a mission to not communicate it's not nobody's business at least from this point of view to make them communicate okay yeah very um interesting dynamics and uh, what i was going to say since all of the connections between people that are interested in getting help for something need to go through you we just talked about the number of people that that can be how do you personally handle large amounts like that with difficulty yeah i just do though okay yeah yeah i mean if it gets too many you'll figure out what to do instead yeah yeah well once once we can bottle it you know that'll help a lot that will yeah and then you have to make sure that only there's a way to tell the genuine item yep working on that too yeah neat (laughs) Okay, well, I want to stay up to date with, with your ongoing research. It sounds exciting and um, high-priority project to see go for as far as possible soon. Yep, yep. So, sorry about this, guys. We're recording this, and um, I'm losing Internet intermittently, so I apologize. I think where it got cut off is that I was just thanking Dr. Bankston for that giving us the time and his busy schedule, which may get a lot busier according to what we're hearing here with all the requests and just saying that I want to keep up with everything that he's doing that, that you're doing, Dr. Bankston. I think it's really significant. It's one of a handful of um, demonstrated healing techniques that aren't just theories that actually worked. And, They're not given nearly enough recognition, in my opinion. But recognition or not, they can still get to the people that need them. And right now, you're the key liaison point for that to happen. So just encouraging everybody to go to bankstonresearch.com, learn more about it, read the papers. And if you're in a position of needing to get referred to somebody, uh, use the contact form. So uh, I think that's pretty much the summary. And just wanted to thank you, and I hope that we can do follow-ups to this and keep people up to date on sure. what's happening, especially with the uncertainty of, you know, the live sessions versus the online alternatives and stuff like that. Plus, I just think it's super interesting, and I want to keep up with it if you're willing. Yep, so, absolutely. We'll stay in touch. Okay, you guys, there goes William Bankston, Dr. Bankston, and hopefully you can see why I wanted to get him on and thought he'd be a really interesting and relevant guest. And again, the, the main reason for me was that he's one of the few that I know of who's actually demonstrated in practice that it's not just some crazy theory that you can affect outside so-called reality 
with the inside state of your intent, focus, emotional state, etc. And these things are tied together with the basic understanding of how quantum physics works, or more accurately, the quantum physics understanding of how the universe works, and especially the part of it that we're in at the moment. Uh, and the reason that that's important and not just an interesting set of theories is that I don't know if you've noticed, if you looked around in the world these days, we've got a real serious situation. And um, I don't think at this point that it can be fixed by just more fighting. That's, I could be wrong, but that's my feeling about it. We need something more powerful. And as Einstein said, not trying to fix the problem by staying in the same state of consciousness that created it. And the only thing I can think of that has more power and can be applied by anybody and everybody that is aware of it is hinted at by what Bankston is doing, Dr. Bankston. Um, not that that's the whole answer. He's got. He's one of the few guys that has actually demonstrated uh, the ability to, to change the outside world by just silent internal changes that you can make in your own mind. Uh, in your own emotional state especially, that's what gives it power. It, it's related to what we're trying to do in Planetary Healing Club, a little bit different in that the Bankston Method is working on this cycling system, and it's all based on that, and they're getting really good results, as he said, whereas in Planetary Healing Club, we're starting with the basis of the uh, suppressed knowledge of heal- self-healing and how to avoid many of the usual phases of aging and degenerative uh, disease and immunity without the usual interventions. And you know which ones I'm talking about, where they stick this hollow needle in you and put poisonous things in you and say, this is really going to keep you healthy now. Uh, Better than that. And then we get into the deeper aspect of consciousness, like we've been talking about with Dr. Bankston, but a little bit different approach and we're doing a lot of interesting stuff in there and you're welcome to join us if you feel like it it's accessed through planetaryhealingclub.com and if you have questions about whether it's worth your time and in your particular uh, focus and life situation and all that you're welcome to use the contact forms and ask whatever you want to and we usually get to all those um, fairly quickly Anyway, um, Dr. Bankston's work can be kept up with at bankstonresearch.com. That's B-E-N-G-S-T-O-N research.com. And he says he's putting things in there as they progress. His research is going on full speed right now, and he's got people working all over the world who are using his method and, from what he says, getting really good results with healing certain kinds of conditions. And he's saying... Contact him through bankstonresearch.com if you want to be part of that, um, and he'll refer you to an appropriate practitioner. So it sounds worth a resource worth knowing about for sure. And then keep up with us on the platforms that we're still on and things like that at lostartsradio.com, lostartspluralradio.com. And there's all kinds of, at least at this point, we're keeping up with it putting uh, videos and articles up there every day about all kinds of interesting things, including aspects of the world situation 
since it's developing so quickly right now. Um, And if you have the resources and you want to keep us on the air, please support us. We don't have commercials or anything like that. Hoping that this is valuable to you. And there ways to do that are at uh, lostartsradio.com. There's a donate button. There's also one at lostartsresearchinstitute.org. Uh, and there's also subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio that was set up, and it works great. So any of those options. And then uh, to overcome the shadow banning and censorship and things like that, if you share the shows and the videos of various kinds, that would be really helpful too. So thank you for anything you can do in that direction. Um, again, Planetary Healing Club meets once a week on Saturday. That's a way for live interaction. And I, I get to share what I've run into in the course of 50 years of, 50 plus years of researching all this stuff in health that you can use yourself and also um, deeper aspects of consciousness related to what we're talking about with uh, Dr. Bankston today. So you might find that very practical and useful, I hope. Uh, And then we have a Saturday show called Lost Arts Radio Live, which is about current events. And that's up there every week and all the archives are available free. So feel free to make use of that as well and share it, please. So that's about it. Give us your feedback about ideas for shows, guests that you'd like to see on, and um, anything that you want to get into. And those of you in Planetary Healing Club in different parts of the world, some of you can't make it to the live meetings because of the time zone issues. And for that, you can listen to the archives, which go out with the Planetary Healing Club newsletter every Sunday And it's got a way to listen to all the archives that you didn't get in the live meeting and then send email uh, feedback or things that you'd like to see brought up in the next live meeting, and we'll do that. So I think that covers just about all of it. Uh, I think Dr. Bankston's research is a clue, incredibly valuable in itself, and just giving you a hint of what's really possible. And that even though on the personality ego level we're full of all kinds of flaws and limitations what flows through us is not and the more we can open up to that and learn about it practical application in life every day the the better it is so take good care of yourself and that's always our encouragement it's a way that you can be of most value to everybody else get yourself in as good shape as you can physically and do the internal work and let's see what we can do because uh There's need for it right now. We need to turn the world situation around as soon as possible. So thanks for your help with that. And thanks for the time of being here with us. I appreciate it very much. And we'll look forward to seeing you here next time. Take care. Bye. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level, from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month, to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. 
Our Subscribestar levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big text platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the banned ones are on our YouTube channel at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit brideon.com slash channel slash lostartsradio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.
There are so many things to be But in the glare of harsh realities There's too much suffering I see If you gave me just one wish Only one would work for me Nothing else could really make much sense Cause Lord, I'd wish that I could heal Yeah, I'd wish that I could heal I wish that I could heal Would you wish that you could fly To the moon and back Or that you could be invisible And live your life and leave no tracks Or that you'd be the most beautiful And have the world lounge at your feet Ah, I know I'd pass on all of these If I could only learn to heal Heal the hatred and heal the wars Clean the slates that hold the scars Heal the health and all the pain Heal everything driving us insane Heal the present, heal the past Heal the planet so it will last Heal the marriage that's on the rocks Heal the hearts encased in locks Heal the fears that hold you back And help to get your life on track Heal the government of corporate whores Who rob us blind and block the doors Lord, I'll offer a great deal If you help me learn to heal Oh, I wish that I could be Wish that I could hear. Hey, hi, ya, hey, hi, ya, hey, hi, ya, hey, hi, ya, hey. Would you wish for a peaceful world and a contented heart? Or would you give your wish to someone else And give their lives a brand new start Would you help every dream come true For any person in the world Ah, you'll do this and so much more if you'll only learn to heal 
hatred and heal the wars Clean the slates to hold the scars Heal the health and all the pain Heal everything driving us insane Heal the present and heal the past Heal the planet so it will last Heal the marriage that's on the rocks Heal the heart encased in locks Heal the fears that hold you back And help to get your life on track Heal the government and corporate whores Who rob us blind and lock the doors that I could